Hello and welcome to the latest from Hearts Standard. My name is Joel Sked and I am joined by James Kearney. How's it going, James? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. We, we're um, a wee bit later than usual, which isn't, it's a bit disconcerting, but well, it's a special day, isn't it? It's not this any of it. It's not any old day. Yeah, we were, we were, we were going to, we were going to record this very first thing in the morning, but we thought, what's the point? Let's just um, do it later see how things on. Play out, you know? Yeah, let's see how things go. We were expecting, Expecting a quiet day at Tynecastle, and that's kind of how it's how it's materialised. There's been a couple of links regarding things which we'll get onto, but it's been a quiet day, and uh, it's expected to be a uh, even quieter evening. Uh, but as soon as I say this, something something will happen. But uh, keep up. Well, obviously, we're keeping an eye on eye on stuff just in case they do happen. But there's there's quite a few things to discuss. Some things which are kind of concrete, and some things which are um, not so much. Uh, or just kind of speculation. So, I mean, uh, I mean, the, uh, probably the best place to start is Lauren Shankland, because we'll come to we'll kind of look at the the, the windows as a whole when we get to the end. But I, I'm guessing that is the name on everyone's lips. And uh, as, as Graham says, obviously, hope Shankland signs the deal. But the main thing for me hasn't gone this month. What happens in the summer? Can't control. So yeah, that that's a big thing. Is there's, there's two sides. He's obviously got Shanklin in the contract. There's been reports about a deadline. Uh, I've, I've not heard uh, as to kind of why that is the case. If that if it is if it is the case, um, uh, BBC and Barry Anderson reported it yesterday. So I'm guessing it's 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 pretty pretty concrete. But I've not been able to find out just why that is. Uh, but that's why what what the case is and what uh, the thinking behind it is. There's, there's that side of things which is important, but I think the more important thing for this month was just the fact that Shanklin stayed. And as of as of just now, as, as uh, relatively recently, there's not been any inquiries or any offers. So that's 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 things how it how it stands at the moment in the short term. It would now take if you're looking at like um, a big big offer to land them in this month. Tried to land them in the last, it shuts at half past 10. So the, the last, what, four and a half hours of the window, it, the, the fee gets even bigger and bigger and bigger because, again, Hearts won't have as much time to replace them, especially with Kevin Van Bean, who we will go on to discuss. Looks like he's signing for St. Mirren or Kamara. I think it might be St. Mirren, but I'll need to double check that. But yeah, the, the main thing is Shankland, <laughs> fingers crossed, nothing mental happens in the next few hours, will be a Hearts player going into uh, uh, going into the second of February, which is uh, which is I think something that every Hearts fan wanted. At the, if they were offered that at the start of the window, that's that's exactly how they would, uh, they would have taken it. Yeah, I mean we spoke about it at the time when the window first opened. That was everyone's priority. It had to be, you know, we see how important Shankland is to Hearts every single week. We know that. There's no other team, certainly in the Premiership, probably in Scotland, that relies on one player so heavily, and so that was always, it was always going to be a very difficult sell. Like if you're a if, as a, if a buying club is coming in, they're always going to have to stump up lots of cash because of that. Like you say, now looking at the time we're at, just pushing six o'clock. Again, I think we're almost at the point now where it's like, well, if if negotiations haven't even begun at this stage, it's very difficult to see how anything could get done because. You've got the negotiations between the clubs, negotiations between the, um, the club and the player. You've got to, they've got to do a medical. They've got to have the paperwork sorted. That's an awful lot to do in four hours. I, mean, I just yeah. So I, I feel pretty confident. I've definitely set myself up for a fall here, but yeah, I, I think we can say for sure that Shankland isn't going anywhere. And again, 
that that was the top objective of the transfer window. If he signs a new contract, that's the cherry on top. That's brilliant. But the most important thing for Hearts, for Stephen Aceworth, for everyone, was that come the 2nd of February, Lawrence Shankland was still a Hearts player. That might mean that, yeah, come the summer, maybe his valuation goes down if he doesn't sign the contract. Maybe he does move on in the summer for less money than we were than the kind of fees that we've been speaking about over the last few months, uh, last few weeks and months. So I think that, yeah, but I just think that that's worth it in the long run, though. It's just it's got to be um, just as important to the team. It would have been effectively writing off the whole season, even this the stage that Hearts are at, where they're in this wonderful position in third. They're so 10 points clear. It's brilliant. Even if you take Shankland out, though, and then you do start to go, oh, would they get over the line? I, I don't know. Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. But all of a sudden, it becomes a very serious question. Whereas if Shankland remains fit between now and the end of the season, it's going to take something quite special for Hearts not to get third. So again, I think that, yeah, retaining Shankland had to be the priority. I mean, I've, I've got an article coming out. I think it's going to go out tomorrow morning. Basically, just saying exactly what Graham said there. The fact that, yeah, yeah, it was always going to be the most important thing that happened. Um, that had to be the priority. And then, if there's other business, other deals that were done after that, great. You know, if he signs a new contract, even better. But let's face it, just having him in the building—that's the most important thing. That by a mile, and nothing even comes close. There's, there's, I'm not gonna lie, was something you, you said. Uh, it, it, it does intrigue me to see how how this season would pan pan out with uh, with and without Shanklin. But again, it's not, it's not a theory I'd like to see tested. Um, oh, and, I'll, and, I'll be a football manager and then run a yeah. few demos to see how we can get on. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll do that. But yeah, that's it's, yeah. it'd be, be interesting. You just, you just look, I think if Shanklin was to leave, it'd be, it'd more be like the kind of um, the mentality it would have, the, the knock-on effect it would maybe have in the squad on the, um, on the team. But yeah, you, you you talked you mentioned the summer and uh, Ben Odlin asks oh, all seriousness after he um suggested get big uh, Armand Nangeli back. I'm not sure that's the best way to go. Uh, I think he's hundred percent gone in uh, summer. How much would we get for him in the summer compared to January? So it's a difficult question. The smart ass and the smart ass answer would be however much someone's willing to pay for him, but it's mm. it's it's difficult for it's difficult to put numbers on just because a lot can change. The um, who knows what's going to happen regarding his contract over the next three, four, five, uh, five months. Um, speculating, speculating, and trying to get inside um, the the mind of Hearts in terms of any potential deadline. The you might, they might just think and just put a pin in it, and just so it's not dragging into the second half of the season, and then maybe pick up later on in the season or in in the summer. And then you have to factor in Germany and Shanklin going to uh, potentially being part of Steve Clark's squad and seeing how he can and can do within that environment. And then who knows how things progress elsewhere that might um, might convince other teams to think he's the he's a man for us. So what's what's gonna happen? I think you're it's it would be less um how how to phrase this. It's uh, so in January this month or this past month, you would want a big, big offer and you'd probably accept slightly it wouldn't be so bad to say accept a slightly less up um bid in the summer if he has helped us get to third place and into the European uh, European group stages. But uh, kind of money wise, it would still have to be 
a decent decent chunk because you can you think well we're not going to sell him for that we can have him for another year he can leave on a free but that year he could help hearts get to third place again and potentially into the european group stages yeah so i mean they're, they're, like you say there there's so so many factors that go into it uh and you i'm a bit more pessimistic about it uh i kind of think particularly if say we get to the summer shanglin hasn't signed an extension he's got 12 months left in his deal at that point it becomes a tall order like at that point you it, somewhere between one and two million i would guess that that tends to be the going rate for players like that um in the scottish you know like in the scottish leagues like that when you've got only one year left on your deal it's the last chance to cash in there's not much bargaining power there from the club's perspective um so i, I think I, I don't think it would be much at all i think it'd be probably i, I think that if shanklin was to have left in january i think hearts could have realistically held out for five or like five million or so i think i don't think that's beyond the pale at all i would if he wasn't to sign a new contract and he makes it <clears throat> it comes around in the summer and he wants to leave a bid comes in if hearts get half of that i think i mean if they got like two and a half million that'd be sensational but i, I think it'd be a lot less than that just because it's such a weak bargaining position and like you say yeah he could he could keep him for another year he gets the goals, fires Hearts to third, but there's just no guarantee next season that the third's enough to get into the group stages of the European football. If you want them to hang about to get fired into that, <clears throat> to fire into the group stages, then you're going to need them for another summer. <laughs> you're going to need them for, into the next season. You're going to need to make sure he's cup tied in Europe. That's going to put off some cl- some clubs as well. So, yeah, there are a lot of factors that go into it. Um, but my gut feeling would be that I think that while he would go for a re- relatively high fee for hearts to bring in because you know, they don't always bring in seven figure fees every day it's not happening every day of the week but i still think it'd be a disappointing figure considering just how good shanklin is as a player so i think that he's um he's definitely one where i i, I think his value is only going to depreciate to be honest from this point unless he signs a new deal of course but just because of the unique circumstances of this particular premiership season because of where hearts were in the league because of how important he was to them that made his valuation in january really quite high compared probably maybe higher than it should really be if you, if you catch my drift yeah but i, I still I, I disagree to one extent i think you get to get to the summer and if a team offered a couple of million um i don't think it's worth selling in hearts uh stance obviously uh, again it'll be uh, there'll be talks between the player and uh, plenty of ne- negotiation but if you're just kind of looking at it, would you want to take a couple of million for Shanklin or just keep him for another season and uh, have him like, leave on a free? I think the majority of Hearts fans, and I would be certainly be one of them, I'd rather just keep him and just yeah. enjoy him for another, um, just enjoy him for another 12 months, see what he can do, maybe help uh, potentially win a cup, get to third place. But again, I know um, it's not guaranteed off group stage football, but getting third place, has you higher up in terms of the qualifications. So yeah, yeah. that's that would be my view on it from the summer. Just before we move on, on from Shankland, uh, the, the couple of guys made the points just about how how he's kind of played out in the media. I know it's annoyed a lot of, uh, not a lot of fans. And uh, Ross Clark asks, he's, has anyone actually been interested in signing him? Seems to be mainly fueled by ex-old firm players and red top newspapers. And yeah, it's he's been... Uh, I think he's been the, the guy who's been talked about by far the most. This window, the it's it's probably stuck in the crawl with many fans, just the way it's just been kind of they've been battered over the head with links between him and Rangers when in fact there's not been 
uh, any interest from Rangers officially through uh, through Hearts? There's not been in, um, there's not been any, like I said earlier on, no, no inquiries and in offers this month. So yeah, it's um, it's. It's frustrating because I think you see a lot where uh, Celtic and Rangers will um, kind of dominate, and it just it just gets um, difficult to take. The more and more players, or um, the more and more pundits or former players, come out and say, "Oh, you would uh, Rangers have to sign him. He would go in a heartbeat," and it's just it's um, it, it just gets tedious. No, definitely. I mean, we don't. No one likes watching their best players getting poached by anyone, you know. Much less when it's two teams that dominate this this league, this country, and always have you know, on the pitch and off of it in terms of the whole media side of it as well. And yeah, it's obviously a frustration, particularly when you see clubs getting when you see players getting like the clubs when, like you say, there's nothing concrete in it. And I, 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 I completely understand that frustration, and I get it. Um, I, I guess the one thing I would say is that. Um, I'm probably not going to be very popular here because I'm going to start defending the press now. But what all I would uh, say is that exactly, yeah, boo hiss, boo hiss. But what, what all I would say is that I, I see some things people talking about how the papers are they're trying to get Shankun, they're trying to sell Shankun, or they're trying to that. Just to be clear, like I, 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 I think that I get that, like as a Hearts fan, it's incredibly frustrating, it's annoying. But I would say they're not trying to sell anyone. They don't, you know, they're they're, they're trying to sell newspapers. They're trying to you know, but you know, sell clicks. That, that's what it comes down to. It's like you know, they're they're wanting. You know, Shankun stories perform well. They want people to, you know, they want to have stories that perform well. They want people to read them. That's the that's their business model. That's how it works. So I, I don't think it's as if it's like you know, the editor Daily Record or whatever sitting there one day going, ah, how now can we you know put more pressure on Hearts to sell them? That's not how it works at all. You know, it's, it's far more cynical than that. <laughs> you know, it's just no. They just want to sell their paper and get clicks. And so I don't think there's any sort of shady conspiracy. But at the same time. I do completely understand and appreciate that it's not what you want to be reading. If you're a Hearts fan waking up and then every day seeing these tweets, these, these you know articles, these posts where it's you know like you say former Rangers players piping up, you know pundits piping up saying that oh it's a done deal, what's happening or it has to happen. Um, it's a bit disrespectful. I think I get that, but I, I would I would say that it's just done out of I, I don't think it's done out of some sort of grand conspiracy or anything like that. I think it's more just. Um, you know, it's the hot topic and people are happy to chip in on it. And newspaper desks will know that Shankland stories perform well. So anytime anyone says anything about them, they'll write up the story and get it done. Like we know how that works. That that's how the industry works, you know. Yeah, I mean the, 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 there's been a couple of things written uh, in the press who just think it's probably gone um um gone gone too far or no, absolutely yeah I'm not like don't get me wrong, I'm not like, trying to defend absolutely everything. Yeah, you see some stuff and you think, God, that what a load of nonsense that is. Fine, yeah. you know, I'm not, not I'm not here to defend all, but I will just say that I it's just um it's just yeah, they're they're trying to produce they're just trying to get the most clicks they can, the most paper paper sold that they can. That's what they're trying to do. They're not trying they're not like <clears throat> trying to move players because apart from anything else, newspapers don't really have that kind of influence anymore. <laughs> or, I don't think they ever did. I think people think newspapers have all this influence. They don't, they really don't. <laughs> We'll move on from uh, from Shankland and uh, James Kearney angling for a job at a red top and move on to uh, <laughs> speculation. Um that's that kind of uh, came through today. So the first one is Kevin Kevin Van Veen. I think it was reported in um a guy from uh, a reporter from the Netherlands who reported that Van Veen was of interest to Hearts, Kelly and St. Mirren. That was uh, I think it was kind of shot down uh, pretty early on by um by a couple of people that 
Hearts don't have uh, or not in the market for Kevin Van Veen. The big thing was he's he's on a he's on a very good wage in the Dutch second tier, and it looks like that. It looks like he's heading to. I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but St Mirren or Kelly who have put forward a decent, um, like a decent whack off his off his wage. The big thing, for, the big thing for Hearts is that if he would be the obvious replacement if Shankland went, but with Shankland not going, I know some some fans will be kind of looking at it, thinking probably still a wee bit light in the forward areas, especially with Liam Boyce out injured, and that he would just be would be kind of a sensible. A short-term signing until the summer, and I think it would be a, a, a good signing. But at the moment, Hearts are in a position where everything's quite comfortable. They don't have to like push to do anything. It's not. It's not a desperation signing, and there's been plenty of those in the past at Tynecastle. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, <clears throat> this is one of the rare occasions when Stephen Smith will be looking at the table and going like, "Oh, like if we're a few points worse off, then maybe we can get a few more. It motivates the board to get a few more players in the building, right? You know. But this way, you can go ahead and go well." You know, things are fine. We don't need to sign to spend all this money on new, all these new players because, like, we're, we're third, we're 10 points clear, and third, we're cruising. It's been great. Um, so I do think that, um, yeah, like, like you say, there are areas of the squad, for instance, where I think an extra player wouldn't hurt. Like you say, a striker, I think that wouldn't go amiss. I think yeah. some, another number six wouldn't go amiss, as we talked about. Um, but it's that thing of, well, there's not, there's nothing that needs drastically changed. There's no major surgery that's required things like you say things are going pretty well it's more about just kind of keeping things ticking over so obviously we saw um dexter lembakisa come in that was because odell fire went back to went back to brighton again made sense clever signing alex lowry leaves goes back to rangers scott fraser comes in again like for like replacements you would imagine um and even over the long term as well obviously they're both loan players filled in uh, those brought in to fulfill those positions so um it doesn't even affect like the long-term planning for looking ahead to next summer, for instance, like having those two players leave and the other two coming in. So I think it has been very much, uh, it has, it has felt like quite a quiet window. I think at hearts just because. Yeah. Think, we'll, 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 we'll get, we'll get to, we'll get to that. We'll get to kind of looking at the window as a, as a whole, um, as a whole later on and like what the, um, how hearts have done, what, what they've added. But in, t- in terms of uh, Van Veen, I think that would, it would, that would be, um, Welcomed, but not not a necessity. Is uh, is probably. I'd have loved thing. to see him. I just, I'd love to just see him and Shankland up top and see yeah. what that looks like because I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, uh, absolutely. Albums, you know, absolutely, it would be. Uh, it would. It would be great. And uh, again, it's it's one of those where you think you're in a strong position. Why not strengthen from your position of strength and just make sure uh, get third. Um, the other one was as Graham asks, any chance Civic will leave given the reports earlier? So. As far as I'm made aware, Forest Green Rovers and Fleetwood both made probably be tentative loan offers is probably the best way to put it. Uh, both have been rejected. It seems that Civic will stay. I think Civic would have been the one we would have fallen into the category of if an offer came in that Hearts couldn't reject, they would have done, probably done business. But again, Naismith was quite happy with his squad, didn't really want anyone, uh, anyone else to leave. Thing about Civic is that he's a useful squad player in that he can cover one, two, he can cover around four positions. I just wonder with Atkinson and Atkinson and Rolls at Asian Cup that maybe don't want to take him out and again leave the leave the team slightly short because he's on the bench. And when you have Civic on the bench, 
you know, you can fill it with more forward players because he can cover so many defensive uh, defensive, defensive options. So, yeah, I think Sibiga's one was where falls in the category. If there was a good offer, then I'm sure it would have been considered. But keeping him, and, uh, at least until the summers, again, just kind of covers covers back. No, definitely. Because, I mean, I think you look at it and, um, like you say, it's just if, if he leaves and then there's one injury at centre-half or something like that, then... It, does leave hearts awfully, awfully, awfully short of bodies, um, particularly especially if you're wanting to play a back three. Exactly, that's what, you know. Obviously, we know Naismith, um, you know, is a big believer in the idea that um, you know the team should be set up a certain way for particular games. You know, not every opponent's the same. There will be some games this season where he'll already marked on the calendar where he goes. Oh, we'll be playing a back three that game. If you know Rose is away at the Asian Cup, and if tomorrow Craig Halkett, um, you know. Um, falls over and injures his knee or whatever. Hearts can't play a back three anymore if Sibic isn't there. So I think it's just a case of just like having that extra body and just so it does give Hearts that option so that later on in the season, if somebody's out injured, if somebody's suspended, it doesn't mean you have to change your whole tactical system just to accommodate that. And I think that's worth that peace of mind is worth it for the few hundred grand or whatever it is that um, you know, Forest Green Rovers are willing to pay. I think. No, it was just again. It was a loan, a loan. So Hearts weren't getting it. Loan, yes, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. No, yeah. um, it's that way of just no. You need them. You need someone to be there, even if he's not going to play much between now and the end of the season. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, <laughs> you, you know, injury crisis has happened. You know, suspensions happen. Weird things happen all the time in football. And it's good to have this a relatively safe pair of hands there because like, you think if, he, if it's not him, then you're t- turned into the academy. Well, if it's a game, you know, Celtic away or you know Rangers away. If Celtic away actually would be fine, judging on this season's evidence. But you know, if it was Rangers away and you're like, all right, just we'll chuck in this this sixteen year old in the defence. Like, good luck, good luck, wee man. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you look at. I think I, I just don't think there's 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 a centre. So you got Adam Forrester at right back. I think um, he could always potentially be that option if if there was an, an injury but it's more kind of more center back when I'm thinking yeah there's there's not there's not you want you want experience there and you don't especially center back you don't want to chuck in someone who is inexperienced maybe not ready to make that step yeah that exactly. you're just like again you could you, you could ruin someone so yeah I think both like you look at what we're saying about Civic relates to Van Veen if Hart's brought another striker just protecting himself but um and then Civic, you could you could get away with selling if a uh, a proper offer came in, but it's again it's um, Hearts are not in the business of um, allowing their players to go easily or cheaply, which mm. is which is a good place to be. Moving on to um, let's see, uh, James Govan asks with other clubs in for Penrice, what chances do you think we have, lads? So before we talk about Pen Rice, you've, you've, we know, both know a wee bit about him, but you've you've spent a, a bit of time uh, looking into him, James. There is, as far as I'm aware, there is a lot of uh, interest from around, not just um, the Scottish Premiership, but I think uh, down south as well in Pen Rice. I think he's someone who every club in the Premiership, out with the old firm, see as a potential target for uh, for the summer. When you ask what chances do you think, I think Hearts should consider themselves as front runners because of the position the team are uh, the team are in the in the league, the potential for next season of European football. Do you want to go down to England where you're not going to play European football and it's just a massive uh, massive grind 
Uh, again, mm. depending on what clubs are uh, club, clubs are in free or you want to play before a bigger club with um, kind of more stature and again that European football who can actually win win trophies. I think that's that's a big um, that's a big pull, and especially if Cochrane go uh, Cochrane moves on. Penrith could come in and see somewhere that he can grow and develop. He can look at uh, Forest, started slowly, but now getting better and better. So yeah, I think um, I think in terms of what chances Hearts have of Penrith, I, I would imagine a very very good one. I think you you you'd have to have uh, Hearts at the front or certainly near uh, the front of the queue. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're absolutely in terms of like Scottish clubs that are looking at them. Hearts have to be the front of the queue because well, chances are they're going to finish third. There's going to be you know better European football at stake. Um, than perhaps the teams that finish in the Conference League spots, and you'll get there's going to be more matches as well, so you'll get more opportunities to play. So it's difficult. The, the only thing I could see that you could maybe say, oh well, that could turn his head is obviously English Championship clubs can pay more money than than Hearts. Yeah. That, that that's the reality of it these days. You know, Birmingham City can offer some can offer him a contract on ten grand a week. You know, Hearts can't do that, and you know that, that's fine. So I, I think that that's the that'd be the one thing where you know. Maybe he does go, ah, do you want time to cash in? I, I could go down to England for a few years, make a good few quid. Fair enough, I think, if that's if that the case. But like you say, though, Hearts have got that lure. They've got that lure of European football. They've got that lure of you can challenge for trophies. You get to play it. You know, some of these big, huge stadiums, Celtic Park, Ibrox, Hamden. You know, so I think that it's a really, I think Hearts is a really attractive option for him. And Certainly, I'd like to see him there because I think he could do a really good job. Like I say, I've been looking into him a wee bit recently, and I think he's of a similar sort of profile to someone like Alex Cochran. Um, maybe like looking at the radars and things like that, you can see similar shapes in terms of the things that they're good at and the things they're not so good at. And I think more importantly as well is the fact that you can see him developing as well over the past few yeah. years. <clears throat> like <clears throat> again, when, <clears throat> when you look at his stats, there's a clear progression from year to year to year where he's, he's getting better and. He's at that. Is at that point now where he's what, 24, 25, something like that. I think now he's got a good few years of Premiership football under his belt. He's been playing at you know Livingston under Martindale, so he's he's a hard worker. He's not scared of a graft, and he's actually a really technical player as well. He can um, can get forward and get balls in the box. So I think that I, personally, I think he's more of a left wing back than a left back. I think he's better in a back uh, playing in front of a back three. I would imagine he's the idea would be to bring him in for competition for Cochrane. And possibly with an idea, and possibly with the idea that he'd be the long-term successor to Cochrane if a club came in in the summer or uh, next year uh, for Cochrane, because I think he's one that most Hearts fans would agree he's probably someone who will get sold for money at some point or another. Yeah. I'd like to think so anyway. Yeah, um, he's, he's he's one of he's, he's one of the long-term group. planning, you know. Yeah, and yeah I, I yeah. think that's what this is. Yeah, Co- Cochrane is uh, Cochrane is uh Cochrane is, as uh, the, the source network uh, says, quite rightly says, Alex Cochrane is a standout. I know, yeah. uh, I know, we've both been really, we've both really impressed with him this season, and he is someone you group within the Heart Squad as a key asset. You, you have him, you have uh, Lauren Shankland, and you have Kai Rose at the moment. Who you're probably looking at the three players who can, uh, you, you can look at and think they can make Hearts certainly a few million pounds. And Cochrane is is that one, and it's a big thing that Naismith has talked about when I've when I've spoken to him. He's spoken to the press about it, and in terms of the, especially this month when talking about the January transfer window, is that he wants they want to future proof. So um, some of these signings might not be for tomorrow or immediate. It might take them three months to 
uh, kind of have that impact. It might take five, six months. But bringing in, looking at him as a um, as a potential replacement for Cochrane to the medium to long long term, I just think it's a sensible uh, kind of a sensible move. It's a type of move I think a lot of Hearts fans want uh, kind of want to see the club do, where they look around the Premiership and bring in players who they think can come in and the experience of the league and they can develop and that's that's something that Hearts have had success in the past you're going back to kind of Jim Jeffries spell his first spell mm. and even his second spell when he brought in guys who understand the league and then bringing these guys in allows you to go to a, a, a go abroad and bringing guys who are um who may take longer to adapt but these guys from Scotland can just come in and have have an impact um, maybe quicker uh, than than like for example like Vargas and Tagawa etc etc. So yeah, I think it's just um, I just I, it just seems a lot of sense, a lot of sensible uh, sensibility around it. Same with Yandanda. Yeah, uh, I think <clears throat> Ten Rice takes a lot of boxes. Again, it's an area where Hearts do need probably another player in there because <clears throat> right now it's Cochrane and Kingsley that play there, but obviously. They usually play together anyway in the start of the eleven. So if you're losing, I would, one, then... I would, I would say Kingsley's more of a centre back now. I, I think so. Yeah, I would say so as well. So I think it's an area. Yeah, again, looking further down the line, it does need an extra, an extra set of hands in there. Penrice, I think he's got the right profile. He's a clear. He's a player who's got. He's always had lots of potential. I think he started fulfilling it in the last couple of years. And I think that if he was to take that step up to a club like Hearts, I think he's someone that could really thrive having done that and again similar to Yandanda again as well another one that's just very sensible so I think at this stage it's still not been officially announced or confirmed by other club has it? No so that's what um, Graham asked if Dander signed a pre-contract when would mm. we announce it uh, I'm not I'm not sure what the um, what the logistics are around it whether they're waiting for the uh, the transfer window to uh, um, to be kind of Done and dusty, didn't announce or I think you kind of both have to come to agreement. But it's uh, as far as we're, it's the, the, the there's a, a pre-contract being agreed between uh, between the parties. So uh, when it when it officially gets announced, I couldn't couldn't exactly tell you. Um, I would guess probably tomorrow. I think you're right. It's probably that case of they might just protect the county on there and might be going well. Let's hold fire just in case Hearts end up going. All right, we'll give you a hundred grand for him if we can get him. Right, whatever it might be in, in terms of pushing through that late January bid. So it might be a case of that. I mean, like, we all know what's happening though. It's you know it's confirmed. It, it will it will go through. And again, it's a similar type of player where clearly a talented player, um, a technically gifted one too, playing um, a team towards the bottom end of the league where. He's one of the better players in the league. His contract's up in six months. He's at a good age. You know, I think he's a similar to, sort of age 24, 25. 25, um, yeah. Danda. I guess that's a similar idea where, okay, he's got a couple of seasons premiership experience under his belt, first-team football under his belt, clearly a talented player that's ready to kick on, ready for a new challenge. And again, that's exactly what Harsh can provide while also plugging a hole in the squad. Because we know that... Um, Oh, I was going to say we know that um, Scott Fraser's gone back to Charlton. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he ends up staying. Depends how he gets on. But as it stands, he's going back to Charlton. Uh, Barry Mackay. Don't think we can rely on him at the moment um, to stay fit for a full season, uh, which is a shame to say, but I think it's true. And then you got George Grant, who, to be fair, has really come on to a game recently. I think that 
if you'd asked me six months ago, would Grant be here at the end of the summer? I'd have said absolutely no chance. Now you look at it and you go, well, actually, maybe it will. But regardless, it's still an area of the squad that needed um, needed filled, particularly as well when you watch team when we watch Hearts as well out in the pitch and you see that it can get a bit laboured in the final third. We know about all the problems of uh, Hearts have had at times getting forward and creating chances, and that's a problem that Fraser addresses directly so again i yeah. think i think i think it's a really uh, i think it's a, um, a really savvy addition not oh, danda sorry i think it's something that danda addressed it so again i think it's a it's a really clever addition harsh fans will probably need to wait till the summer i'd imagine i, I can't imagine it's getting pushed through now particularly after the fraser deal was confirmed but <clears throat> certainly a player who's in the nicest possible way too good for county and i think that it'll be just really interesting to see what he can do in a better team because i think he's one he is one of those guys who can kick up a few gears yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's uh, there, there, there's potential there. Big thing is he, he comes in and brings a really good set piece delivery, uh, which is yeah. which is all, always handy, especially with the way Hearts are trying to uh, get better uh, at corner kicks. That he's, he's got that in his arsenal. I think when he comes in from Ross County, I think there is going to be more pressure responsibility on him to kick on and be a bit more consistent, maybe more consistent than he has been at Ross County, even though he's been a key player at Ross County. Yeah, because the thing as well is that, you know, we'll just uh, you're playing at hearts where the standard is higher. You know, you don't, yeah. you know, like, at County, he's, he's like the guy and, you know, he can misplace a pass every now and again or he can have a bad cross and you go, well, it's all right because he'll do the next one. I mean, yeah, you're signing at a club, you know, you don't get that kind of patience anyway, especially not when you're moving up a gear as well. So, yeah, you're right. You will have to be a bit more consistent and the standards will be higher. But I still, I still think he can meet them. I think he's a great. I mean, he's a really clever addition. And the fact that, that as well, that if Hearts were able to get, say, Danda and Penrith in on free, in free contracts come the end of the season, that's two, yeah, great, like really good players, really good ages, really good experience, and you've got them without paying a penny, which is always good. So yeah, I think that, um, yeah, really, really savvy additions the two of them. If 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 Penrith ends up going through as well, but obviously that's a lot further behind than, the, than Danda, which is by all accounts a done deal. The um, you, you kind of mentioned them. We may as well move on to Scott Fraser. You finally were able to re- release your article briefly. Just say quickly, tell me what we can expect from Fraser and why he should be a smart signing. Uh, the Source Network calls him the the missing link. Uh, he will definitely add two options, and I think the he's had his struggles at uh, Charlton this this season. But I mean, Charlton is probably not the easiest place to be. So, yeah, James, what what will he bring? in? are you? Encouraged by the signing, I think I am. Yeah, like like you say, he's not had a particularly good season at Charlton, but Charlton haven't had a good season either. So that's not really, um, well, it's obviously it's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world. I think you look back at his previous performances for them, where he's been really effective. If you go back a wee bit further, back to his MK Dons days, uh, at that point he was playing in a system which is really quite similar to the the three five two, for instance, that Naismith likes to play. And that also happened to be when he had his best season comfortably um, in terms of his statistical output and things like that. So he's super, super, super creative, both from both from dead ball situations and from open play. He is a player who he's got a bit of a wand of a left foot, so he's like he likes to drift left and get on it. He works well in kind of tight wee spaces when opposition players are coming out to maybe on the edge of the ball to try and cross them, uh, close them down. He's great at getting those little dinked deliveries into the kind of near post for the striker to attack. And more importantly, I think he's got that speed of thought and that vision that's incredibly difficult to coach. Um, so I think that he's, uh, having watched like some clips of him and a few games of him, the one thing you do notice is that while not all his passes were always coming off, particularly this season because he wasn't having a great season, 
the things that he was trying to do were all really quite eye catching, and that he was able to like you know thread quite precise balls through <clears throat> tiny gaps, or he'd get a ball, he'd receive the pass, and be able to like one eighty it and move on in like half a second, almost instantly, <clears throat> and stuff like that. Just having that, that that urgency, that understanding of where everyone else is in the park and what you need to do and doing it quickly. That's something that's <clears throat> really impressive, I think, and that's some, that's probably why I think he will be going to be quite an important player for Hartsfield now at the end of the season. Yeah, I, th- I think re- reading your piece and listening to him was really, uh, I thought his interview on Hearts TV was brilliant yesterday. It was a lot of, lot of um, really interesting things just in terms of how the move came out, uh, how the move has kind of held up and came around. He had a medical last week, obviously he was at the Dundee game last week. Hearts were hoping to uh, announce him last Tuesday, I think it was, last Tuesday afternoon, but then there was uh, there were snags, and then Charlton sat, uh, sat their manager, so it was frustrating for him, frustrating for the club. He's wanting to get back up because I think his partner's in, or his wife's in Dundee, having just given uh, uh, given birth, and they've got, got a, um, a, a new child. Is, is, is that... Is, is, <laughs> It's called baby. It's got a baby. A baby, yes. They've got they got a baby, a new child. <laughs> it's like a new sofa. Um, so they've got uh they just uh, just had a baby. So he's he just said they like she's back in Dundee. He was in he was in London, so he was really too keen to come up. But it was when it was interesting that side of things, but also the kind of conversations he's had with Naismith when he spoke to Naismith, Naismith basically outlined the different formations they play and how Fraser would fit in. Uh, and fitting with them and mm. I just look at Fraser and I think he's more his, his qualities are more versatile and malleable to different positions whether it's in the 4-2-3-1 he could probably play a wee bit deeper 4-3-3 or as a 10 further up uh, and sorry in a 4-2-3-1 or deeper uh, as as an 8 in a 4-3-3 or 3-5-2 and that was I think that's that's useful probably more useful than Lowry who's probably more just off a 10 I think Fraser's an upgrade in terms of being more reliable. He's got that experience now. He's 20. He's been around the block, played over 100 games for Dundee United, been in England the last, I think, five and a half years, six seasons or so. So he has all that experience. And I think he's just a lot more streetwise as well. And just think you probably bring a bit more bit more consistency to that middle to front. And Nace, we've talked a lot about the, the, the kind of front end of the team being immature whereas I think he will bring yeah, like I said a wee bit more street wise to it yeah no I think that's probably true yeah, like you say he's got that like, uh, you know you look at in that area of the park it's only really um, George Grant's probably the only really other one where you look and go uh, or maybe Alan Forrest as well you go uh, experience but there's a lot of inexperienced players there as well both inexperienced in the league and just inexperienced yeah. in their careers generally <clears throat> so um yeah, no, I think that matters. Um, and I think as well, the fact that Hearts have been, you know, Naismith said that it wasn't as if he just popped up on a list on January 1st saying, no, this guy's available on loan. What do you think? You know, Hearts have been tracking for a while. So they, yeah. and we know that Naismith's a pretty deep thinker about the game and he likes to think about his tactics and his formations and all the rest of it. So I don't, I, I think that if he's someone who's been on Naismith's radar for that long a time, and he's still really keen to bring him in. I think that alone probably says quite a lot. Um, and I think that, um, I just as I say from watching the clips I've seen, he is fairly versatile. Um, but I, I still think he's in his, at his best in a midfield three. Um, kind of on the left hand side, I'd be a wee bit wary of playing him any deeper than that. Because one of the things I've noticed as well when I was watching him was that 
his best season, his best performances arrived um, when he was a bit further up the park, when he didn't have as many defensive responsibilities, when he was given that bit more creative license to get forward and really um, start trying to you know pull the strings in midfield. And that's when his best games came. So I think that well, yeah, he could easily play elsewhere and you know maybe even out in the left wing if the Hearts were really struggling for players or whatever. I still do think though that that kind of left centre mid slightly advanced role is where he's at his best, and I think that's where his best football comes. And also, just before we move on about Fraser, he's 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 obviously captained Charlton at times. He's he's yep. been that he's he's kind of been that leader within dressing rooms, and I think he's got. Certainly came across in the video, and I know it's something that Naismith puts a lot of stock in when it comes to recruitment. He says you look at, uh, you can watch games, you can look at all the, uh, you can look at all the stats you want. But a big thing for him is personality, how they will fit in within the dressing room, how they will be within the group, and I think it just it kind of radiated off him in that in that interview with Hearts TV. It's just how good a guy he seems to be, switched on, and I just think he will bring a lot off the pitch as well as on it. So, yeah, I think it's a really encouraging signing. And as um, I think it was, as James said, sounds like it could be something more permanent if it goes well. Yeah. He's contracted to Charlton until 2025, so there would have to be a deal done in the summer. But, again, that's something that Naismith mentioned, is that it's a possibility that they would look to, uh, look to get him here longer term. Before we finish up, because we've been rambling on for quite a while, James, um, just the window as window as a whole we'll just quickly reflect on that you touched on it earlier on it's been it's been a pretty good window and you look at coming in on january 1st the priority was so in terms of signings priority was a right back the main priority was holder on to shankland both look as we're at half six four hours away from uh, the deadline day uh, the right back's been ticked off shankland looks like he's staying and then you've added someone like fraser who like we said, with Lowry going away, he's probably certainly short term an upgrade uh, upgrade on him. I think Lowry's a very talented player. But I think Fraser's a more rounded individual, and then you have Danda uh, signed on a pre contract and potentially James Penrice as well. So you and then there's been a couple of fringe players that have have moved on. It just seems like uh, just a, a very savvy month for Hearts and within recruitment. Yeah, definitely a proper like quiet. Nice, quiet, uneventful January, which is probably what was needed. I think. I think that was exactly what the doctor ordered. You know, obviously, um, Shank, like you say, yeah, keeping Shank was the most important thing. With Dexter and Bakisa coming in as well, we, we all knew from day one that, if, you know, even before that, we all knew from about November that a new right wing back was going to be top of the agenda for the January shopping list. We knew that Naismith almost certainly had targets in mind for a long time. And he got that deal done pretty early on. Then Bakisa was in the door fairly short, fairly sharp at the month. And then after that, again, yeah, the Scott Fraser one, where he's probably been brought in because Lowry's been sent back to Hearts, and then obviously that's a gap in the squad and he's filled. Um, but again, looks like a it's one of those ones again where it's like the kind of the drama was kind of taken out of it, the sting was taken out of it because it just took so long to go through. And we we all knew it was virtually a done deal. Then we had a week of humming and hawing where we all stood around waiting for you know, the announcement to come essentially. So I think that. It's maybe not been quite as exciting as maybe some fans would have wanted, you know, because like, like you say, yeah, you could get a number striker in, you get a number, you get a number six in, you know, you, you can start splashing, spend some money, maybe sign guys permanently rather than loan, whatever it might be. But I do think that ultimately, yeah, top priority, keep Shanklin done. You know, next priority after that, bringing a new right back done. 
after that, it's basically just a case to just maintain the squad as is, and I think that's been achieved as well. So I think that it has to go down as an overwhelming success for Hearts. Again, the most important thing, by a, by a country mile, and it's not even close, was keeping Shang going, and they managed to do that, whilst also sorting out another couple of wee gaps in the squad. If um, Obviously, if you manage to get <clears throat> Danda and Penrice as well signed up for the next season, that's a bonus, that's a cherry on top. If Shankland signs a contract extension, then I think at that point you have to call it perfect, just about. <laughs> but certainly you look at it and it's like, yeah, short term, they managed to bring the players in that they had to do. Uh, they managed to avoid selling the players that they didn't want to sell. And then even looking ahead to the longer term as well, I think they're being very clever about the players that they've brought in. I think the guys that they've signed, and hopefully those two players get those deals done and over the line, and then Hearts can start looking ahead to the, the next season because it comes around fast, as we know. And it's all I think like I'd be encouraged by the fact though, that the management team are clearly looking ahead six months down the line and wondering what position we're going to be in then and making moves then. Because again, it's that thing you've talked about: future-proofing yourself. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. I've just uh, I would just answer a question from Fraser Blair. What about Haring? Haring, uh, he has. He picked up an injury in the Livingston game, so I think he's still um, uh, still coming back from that. I remember reading, uh, I think it was um, Barry Anderson put out a piece earlier on this week about the in- injury update. So uh, we, we kind of knew about Devlin, Mackay and Boyce's um, issues, but he's provided an uh, update on Haring. So he, I think it was a potential knee issue, but need to double-check that. So uh, that's, that's why he's not been in the squad recently. So yeah, we'll leave it there. I we really appreciate everyone who has uh, maintained us uh, blabbering on for four to five minutes. Uh, wait, fifteen minutes too long. But hey ho, thank you very much for everyone for listening. I believe it will be a very quiet evening for for Hearts, but you never know if uh, transfer windows daft stuff could happen. If you want to check out uh, heartstandard.co.uk, we've got plenty of content up there around the transfer window, uh, tactics, analysis, um, bit of everything. And uh, James Govan says, sign up to you both. We've been putting off getting a subscription, but content content on here is great, so we'll be signing up. Yeah. No, it's your jobs, but the content is top class and needs to be praised. Thank you very much, James. That Thank uh, you, James. That yeah, that means that means a lot. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if you want to follow James, there's uh, some subscriptions, uh, subscription offers on there. If you go to heartstandard.co.uk forward slash subscribe, we usually have something fresh every single day. So yeah, be sure to check out that. And once again, thank you very much, everyone. And we will be back potentially tomorrow to preview the Dundee game at Dens Park on Saturday. Goodbye. Bye bye.